0: Between the soul and the glorious sons. how's everybody doing God is doing amazing things amen he's doing amazing things He's just giving us a taste of what he's going to unload on us this last quarter hey, don't you? Hey, hey, hey amen y'all excited about the last quarter I'm excited about the last quarter Primed and ready. To receive, all we have to do is believe, conceive, yeah, and receive. Believe, conceive, and receive. If we can just get that order down right, bring it back to some. Believe, conceive, and receive. Thank you guys. That's awesome. Our Omega outreach went to Hinesville Church this week and the Holy Spirit did an amazing job through Lee and teaching. I told her teaching went to another level. Amazing what happened. We raised that up all the way up. But we're on this series of teaching to educate us on how to be filled with the Spirit And to be full of God. And to be flooded with God. That's it. Thank you, God. Filled, full, and flooded with God. That's our goal. Every Christian, that's our goal. Most of us think our goal is saving souls. God can do that without us. Jesus died for a relationship that we would have a relationship with the Father as he has with the relationship with the Father. And can you imagine how easy it would be to be flooded with God and get some souls saved? I mean, all you'd have to do is show up. You really wouldn't have to say anything. I mean, that's how easy God can make it. I don't know how many times I've wrestled with a soul trying to get him saved and got wore out more than he got wore out. (laughs) 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 Trying to do it out of works and not out of grace. My Lord Jesus. But I've learned a lot in my walk with the Lord. How about you? That um, he's gentle. And he wants to do it through grace. He wants to build his kingdom through grace, not through works. But we're going to teach today on uh, the times and seasons of God. I taught on the functions, seven functions of God. Of seven functions of the man that need to be whole with God, and I taught on the witnesses of God, knowing that witness that confirms the internal movement of grace. If I can just get the grace of God working in me and through me to connect with the grace of God that's coming to me, then I can have a kingdom manifestation Amen because you got you got to keep this in mind. God is always working on our behalf as leaders. He's always working. So everything is in movement in a forward direction. And God's always in a movement and a direction towards us. And when there's a uh, an impact, there's going to be a kingdom explosion. And I taught that the strongholds keep that kingdom explosion from happening in our lives. Amen. That That trial comes. And we fail the test by not loving people. By now, we should be able to pass that test. Amen. Because loving God is the number one test. Number two is the number one test of love is to is love people. And if we can get those two down, and I always say number three is to love your enemy. Amen. The devil. <laughs> your enemy's the devil. God says to love your enemy. So the devil uh, shows up in people sometimes. And I can see him looking at me sometimes. and He can see me looking at him sometimes. It's like a, what do they call it, a standoff? A <laughs> standoff is fixing to happen. But all I have to do is listen to God and open up my mouth. And I conquer that devil every time. Just open my mouth what God says to do. So living from the inside out, getting the glory of God out of us. Amen? The glory of God is in us, but it gets. It needs to get out of us. It needs to be a full manifestation of that glory, not only in our lives, but in our homes and our churches. Living from the inside out, living by faith is the only way that you're going to advance in this movement. Living by faith is the only way. Not faith in in, uh, another man. Not faith in uh, your gift. And not faith in your calling. I've seen a lot of people have faith in their calling. And faith in their giftings. Amen. And didn't get accomplished what God wanted them to accomplish. Didn't embrace the full purpose of God. Because their faith, one, was not strong. And we we think the word of God strengthens our faith. The word of God does not strengthen our faith. And I'm going to show you that in the scriptures today. Our faith is on display. Right now, God says our faith is on display. Not only in the church, true faith, but it's on display for the world. The world's looking for it. The world needs it. The world needs a true church to rise up. So understanding these seven internal functions so that grace can be established in us. Grace does not get established on the outside of us. Amen? Grace has to get established on the inside of us to be able able to embrace what Jesus actually redeemed for us amen grace is an invisible movement of god but somehow we know when it's working amen we know when it's working it's so smooth and gentle and uplifting we know when it's working so he says here grace and truth establishes the glory of god the internal flow is established by the witness of the Spirit. Everybody remember the witnesses of the Spirit. What's the first witness? Talk to me. We're going to talk today. What's the first witness? The Holy Spirit. Amen. Nobody should ever tell you, thus saith the Lord, if you hadn't heard it first. Amen? Because somehow God has already delivered it to you. Amen? In a dream a vision, or reading your Bible, somehow God has already delivered it to me. And the ones that aren't sensitive to that will begin to take another man's preaching and use it. And if you take another man's preaching and use it for your assembly, you're going to mess the people up. Everybody's at different levels. Amen? Our, Our leaders need to be hearing from God. They need to be worshipers getting in that throne room, consulting with heaven, saying what's on the agenda for today. So the, this flow flows according to the times and seasons of God. Not my time, not your time, not your season, not my season, but the times and seasons of God. And I'm telling you, we can have such success in this, if we just get this down, that there's seven internal functions that have got to be made whole. There's a witness in the Spirit that confirms that grace is in operation. And there's times and seasons that God is saying, this is the time that I'm going to introduce truth. Truth gets introduced in time. As Jesus said, in the fullness of time, I'll show up. Amen. When there's nothing more of me to get in the way. Jesus steps in. He doesn't run to us. He's already beside of us. He's anointing us. To do what we have to do. I was talking to somebody the other day. And um, I said you know every minister. Before they start teaching or ministering to the saints. Should read the whole chapter. Of Isaiah 61. And get it in the atmosphere. Before they bring a message. Because that wraps up. Everything. That God did on the cross. Isaiah 61. 1 through 10 I believe it is. So The teaching today is going to be on the sign. God holds times and seasons. In his power. Man we can fight against that time. Amen. The introduction of truth comes and and sometimes we think it's a lie so we don't accept it. I've done it. I didn't want to hear the truth. <laughs> because I was doing something I shouldn't be doing. I didn't want to hear it. I figured I could work this thing out and, and uh, embrace it to be right. But you can't work anything out. And embrace it to be right if you're not accepting the Rhema word of God to change you first. Amen. Just to preach. I'm so impressed with Carrie and all of us here, and when they get up to teach and preach, they just flow. They don't now they only halfway look into their Bibles anymore. They're just flowing in revelation Rema knowledge. That's what's effective in changing people and healing people. And delivering people. Is staying in the presence of God. And if you just get one word. That's all you'll say for 45 minutes. Is that one word. Amen. Just preach on that one word. For 45 minutes. Don't say nothing else. Because if we say anything else. It's going to pollute the atmosphere. And we're going to invite the devil. To come in and entertain. God flows through grace. Ecclesiastes 3.1 you can just write these scriptures down and you really need to meditate study on them to everything there is a season and a time for every matter and purpose under that tells me god is in control he says to everything there's a time and a season for every purpose under heaven so if we can get a hold of his purpose in our life we can we can halfway understand the times and seasons of God when it's moving. Because the time is going to introduce truth that's going to help me with my purpose. And the season is the buildup of that truth. That's, that's what you got to get a hold of. And, and we, we really need to constantly be aware, am I in time? Or I'm in season today. Am I in time? Or I'm in season today. Remember time is the introduction of truth. Season is the build up of that truth. Once I have received it. And I'll expand on that a little bit. So in other words there's a right time. For everything. Man we try to get We try to, I see it next door with all of us, we try to get businesses to do certain things and push stuff and push it and push it and push it and end up frustrated and tired and weary. And when God, all he wanted us to do was spend some time with him and enjoy him until he introduces the time and the season for this to be done. That entrepreneur spirit can get in the way so many times of trying to make things happen before God wants it to happen. Amen? And we think we're doing it right because we're motivated to do it. Our motivation does not please God. I'm telling you, I've been there and done it. The motivation, our motivation does not please Him. And I'm going to to tell you three things. Well, I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. There's, There's so much information. Grace, see the opportune time to do things according to grace and not works. The opportune time. God is introducing something to me in time called truth. To introduce me into my season of grace so that I can get out of works. Because if I'm still reasoning in my season, then I'm not in God's season. If I'm still reasoning in my mind and worried and and anxious about things and uh, worried how this is going to get done and why this person didn't do this or this person didn't show up, then I am in the wrong season. Satan can keep you in a counterfeit season And begin to put you to work. Instead of grace working for you. Amen. So grace. I love this definition of grace here. Grace is the merciful kindness. By which God has an effect. On the soul. With his holy influence. Grace. Is the merciful kindness. By which God has an effect on the soul with his holy influence to turn us to Christ and to strengthen us for his purpose. Isn't that good? That's the best definition I've ever heard of grace. And he gave it. He said, Gene, this is what grace really is. Grace is favor." but how is this favor affecting me? How is this favor affecting me? This is it. It's a holy influence on my soul, Eternity Christ. So let's look at some of the purposes of God in Ecclesiastics 3, 2 and 8. It says, a time to get out and a time to lose. So it takes the work of grace to get out of something. And it takes the work of grace to lose something. Amen. Man, that was a revelation to me. A lot of us come come into the kingdom with great losses. I mean, we, we we let me let me rephrase that. We get born into the kingdom with all our stuff. But when we begin to enter into the kingdom, we're gonna lose some things. And grace did it. The devil didn't do it. Amen. Because the devil wants you to keep the stuff. Because the stuff will make you miserable. If you ain't ready to steward it for God. Man, I think we'll get a hold of you. If you ain't ready to steward it for God. So it takes grace to get it. And it takes grace to lose it. It takes grace to be born. And it takes grace to die. It takes grace to plant. It takes grace to uproot something. It takes grace to kill. It takes grace to heal. <laughs> it takes grace to tear down something. It takes grace to build up something. You getting it? It takes grace to weep. <laughs> Maybe you all weep a lot. That's the, that's the working of grace. It takes grace to laugh. It takes grace to mourn. It takes grace to dance. And now when when Teresa and Zinni get up here and dance in our worship on Saturday night, I'll know that grace is in operation. Amen. (laughs) It takes grace to scatter, and it takes grace to gather. It takes grace to embrace something, and it takes grace to refrain from something. I I want you to really grasp this today, that we are supposed to be the grace of God. It takes grace to search something out and it takes grace to give something up. Man, that's the hardest thing to give something up, isn't it? The flesh doesn't mind receiving from grace, but the flesh puts up a a force for grace to let something go (laughs) because everything we receive is temporary. Actually, Everything we receive is for someone else. Amen. Everything we receive. We can't not say it's mine. Because everything we receive is for someone else. You got to be so sober. And this is good stewardship for God's stuff. Is to be so sober that you are completely aware of people's needs so that you're ready to help in any situation. Grace does it. Grace keeps you, and grace throws it away. Grace causes you to keep something, and grace causes you to throw it away. Just get rid of it. Amen? It takes grace to get rid of all the idols in the house. I had a bunch of idols in my house. I didn't know they were idols until the Lord said they were idols. Little glass hearts. People had given me over the years. You know, they're pretty. Remember red, purple. The Lord said, I'd get rid of them. So I went out to the ocean. Had the whole bucket of them. And I whirled them into that ocean for about 30 minutes. That was the operation of grace. A holy influence. Coming upon my soul, to turn me to Jesus instead of those hearts. Amen. It takes the workings of grace to tear down something and to mend something back together. It takes the working of grace to be quiet. <laughs> Amen. It takes the working. It, it takes the working of grace to be silent. It takes the working of grace to speak. It takes the working of grace to love. And it takes the working of grace to hate. Oh, Christians are not supposed to hate. Jesus hated things, didn't he? God still hates things today, right? And that's sin. (laughs) He hates it. It takes grace to hate it. It takes grace. And I tell people every time I open up my mouth, I, I cause a war. It takes grace to make a war. And it takes grace last one in that verse is to make peace. Notice, out of all those verses, peace was the last one. So you see how grace exercised my flesh all the way through that chapter to where I could abide in peace. Study that out and say grace is doing it. Grace is doing it. So it's important to know the difference between time and season. It is so important to know that. Uh, listen, we, we I think we got the witnesses down. But if we miss the time and the season of God, we have missed the accomplishment that the witness got established for us on the inside. So we missed it. So ask ourselves, what dispensation of time are you in right now? What season of life are we in right now? This is very important. The Lord's got such an importance on this thing today. Because we are in a seasonal transition this year. God has given us, oh, I feel it, Jesus. God has given us four seasons this year. That grace is flowing in. The first season was death. Of that flesh. The second season. Was the burial. Of that flesh. And the third season we're about to enter into. Is the rest. Of that flesh. If God can get that flesh at rest. He can do a resurrection. To a new thing in our life. So the fourth season is the resurrection of the new thing. How many of you are ready for a new thing? I'm ready for a new thing. Because we're supposed to go from new to new, not from old to new and back to old to new and back to old to new. Because it says we go from glory to glory. Amen. So that's new. Hey, Brooke. Brooke come on up here up there what the a fire is that! so time is when God introduces truth into your heart keep that in mind if someone is speaking truth to you one is going to be a witness but if God is speaking truth to you and your time with him then you have to know I just stepped in to time right then it's an appointment to experience grace it's an appointment to experience grace season is the build up of that truth now ecclesiastes continues to say a time to get and a time to lose so listen there was a time i got and there's a time i lost and in between was what i call the in between zone what do i do In the in-between zone. When we lose stuff, we're quick to try to recover it. When God has said, let it go. Because it was favor that caused you to let it go. I'm going to teach you what to do in this in-between season. A time to be born and a time to die. And in between is the build-up. Your season is the build-up of the experience of truth. That's your season. Missing God's times and seasons for a Christian is disastrous. Listen to me. And the reason it's disastrous is because it brings in a season of deception. When you miss God's time and season, it's disastrous for a Christian. That's why most Christians still don't have it right. They just don't have it right. They're not walking in the victorious life, the abundant life. They're just satisfied with what they have. And that's demonic. God never told us to be satisfied with what we have. He said to be content. Man, there's a big difference. I can, I can be with, content with something and not like it. Amen? A lot. <laughs> I've been content with people and not like them. <laughs> That's the truth. But then God dissembled me. He said, do you remember what you asked me for? He said, you asked me to give you the worst ones. <laughs> I I said, you must be, (laughs) because everybody in here must be the worst ones, because I said, Lord, give me the worst ones. Give me the ones the devil has been the most busiest with, because that is the church. That is the bride in exile. That's the one I want. Amen. Uh, We can look like we got it together when we come in here, but man, I I know there's something wrong. (laughs) You come in this door, something's wrong. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Good God. Deception takes its place in ignorance. The witness of the Spirit is the protection from deception. Keep that in mind. The witness of the Spirit has come. To protect you from deception. And that first witness is in my spirit. The other two is going to come from somebody else's mouth. It says by the mouth of two or three. Every word established. The witness of the spirit is the quickening of life. I love that. Don't you feel a quickening, Dr. Lee, when that spirit hits you? And you can just go on and preach. Gary can preach and that thing hits him like that. A, the witness of the spirit works in time. While grace works in season. The witness of the spirit is time. Grace is working in season. And if you're in a season. Between the already. And the not yet. You have to know. That grace. Is working for me. When I think. Nothing's working for me. Grace. Grace is the unseen work of God trying to make itself manifest to us. That season is a build-up of God and a diminishing of me and my season so that I can receive what Jesus had redeemed for me. There's an example. Jesus, in time, Jesus died. In time, Jesus resurrected. But in between, he redeemed everything that I needed. So he's, his season was between the two. Our season is redeeming everything that we need. If we take on this mindset, and I have to continually take it on because I I, I like to keep things moving and going. And pushing things. But I have to know. That if God has has me in a rest. Then grace is working. All around my life. Grace is working all around. me To enjoy. Remember I told you a a few weeks ago or a month ago. I said I asked the the Lord asked me as I come down the stairs of my house. He said Green what grace grace are you in right now. Because it is manifold. And I said, Well, I don't know. And he said, I got you in the great this grace flow right now to rest and enjoy. And I think that's the season for a lot of us. And and listen, God gets more accomplished in that than we could ever get accomplished in a whole year if we can just give him that three months, that season. It's important to discern the introduction of that truth, Doctor Lee, through the witness of the Spirit. That truth has to work through the body of Christ. It's got to work through the body. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, one says, laboring together as God's fellow workers with him, then we beg of you, this is Paul talking to Corinthian church, we beg of you not to receive the grace of God in vain. That means don't receive it to edify the flesh. Don't receive God's grace to build me up because the word was, was supposed to build you up before grace showed up. Amen. The truth, it's the season of truth is to build you up so that we don't take the credit of what God is fixing to do in your life. Merciful kindness by which God exerts his holy influence on souls to turn them to Christ. And strengthen them. And do not receive it. To no purpose. Second Corinthians six, two says. For he says. In the time of favor. Of an assured welcome. I have listened. To and heeded your call. And I have helped you on the day of salvation. Behold now. Is truly. The time for a gracious welcome and acceptance of you from God, behold, now is the day of salvation. When time shows up in your life, God is announcing, now is the day of salvation. Now I'm going to make something whole in your church. Now I'm going to make something whole in your family, your life. So in time, we listen and we heed to the call of God. Isaiah forty nine eight. listen to this. Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time, what, what makes an acceptable time for God to hear me? You ever think about that? It says right here, in an acceptable time, in favorable time, I have heard you and answered you. Wouldn't you like to know what that time is? When is the acceptable time? And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. And I will preserve you and give you for a covenant to the people to raise up and establish the land from its present state of ruin. The church is trying to, still trying to get out of its present state of ruin. We're supposed to be out there raising up the land. From the ruin that sin has caused, and the homosexuality law that got passed, went right into the soil of the United States. It's not all, no longer in the atmosphere like it was. It's in the soil now. That's bad news. It's producing, and to and to apportion and cause them to inherit the desolate moral waste of heathen, heathenism, their heritage. So in time. God hears and answers and we listen and we obey in time. In season, he brings the salvation to raise us up to establish the land from its present state of ruin. I love that. Isaiah forty-nine nine says, saying to those who are bound, have you ever said to someone, come forth? It says, saying to those who are bound, come forth. I've never said that. But he's telling us what to say to him now to get the victory. Too many times say, I bind you, devil. And I loose you in the name of Jesus. That's Old Testament. Isn't it right? Isn't that Old Testament, Dr. Lee? That's Old Testament. The epistles are saying, Isaiah, this is what Isaiah is saying, that ties right in with the epistles. Come forth to those who are bound. To those who are in spiritual darkness, show yourself, come into the light. I'm telling you, that's all it's gonna take when these rivers are flowing. We just say, Come forth, Harry, come into the light. And it's gonna be done. No follow up. Can you imagine no follow up? <laughs> you can just you can just pastor the truth now and not the people. No follow-up. They shall feed in all the ways in which they go, and their pastures shall be not in deserts, but on all the grass-covered hills. Time is an announcement for freedom. Time is an announcement for freedom. In Isaiah 49.10, last verse says, They will not hunger or thirst, neither will mislead or scorching wind or sun smite them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them and by springs of water will guide them. I thought that was interesting because he's saying, this is a son of God that we're looking at. That's what we're supposed to be looking at. That's what the devil should see in the spirit when he looks at me and you. That he is guided and led by the Spirit of God. So it's important to know the inception of that truth in time. In the season of that build up. I love the seasons because the way I look at a season is the development of the relationship with the king. If we we just stay focused off of ourselves getting developed and changed and just let the Word of God do it. I can stay focused on the king and that relationship with him. 2 Kings 4.16 Elisha said, At this season, the time comes around, you shall embrace a son. She said, No, my lord, you man of God, do not lie to your handmaid. How many times have we rejected that truth and didn't believe it? Second Kings 4.17 says, But when the woman conceived and bore a son at the season the following year. So there's always, there's always, there will always be a season after conception. What truth have we not obeyed? And we're stuck in time. And we have not entered into our season. What truth are we fighting to obey? What did God tell me to do, or what God, what word did God deliver to me to change me for my purpose that I'm fighting against? It's keeping me in time where the curse is at. God comes in time to remove the curse. If I'm in time, we were talking about something yesterday, I believe, that um, man, this year is going by so fast. We're in July. And I said, not for a lot of people out there. They feel like they're still in January. Amen. The more you get in the spirit, the more you get out of time. Amen. And you just soar right through the years and get closer and closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ. And Second 2 uh, Kings 4.18 says, When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father with the reapers. So the child had grown in season. And you, you cannot grow in time. You can only grow in season. Isn't that good? The Lord just said it. He said, Tell them they can't grow in time. Our rest is our season to grow. Listen, that our rest is our season to grow, not go. Man, I don't know how many times people got in their rest, and it was like they felt like it was a confirmation from God to go. Go do this. Go do that. That's not the confirmation. Your confirmation is that third witness. It's going to be your spiritual father, your your apostle, or someone in, in some type of authority. So listen. All right, this is the last part. What what's What's our part in times and seasons of God? What do I have to do to cooperate with God? In time, just write this down, all I have to do is believe it, trust it, obey it, and act on it. Believe it, trust it, obey it, and act on it. That's my only responsibility when that truth comes in time is to believe it, trust it, obey it, and act on it. In season... And this is what I love is a season. I love my seasons. Write these down. In season, this is what you do. Worship, meditate, confess, and declare. Worship, meditate, confess, and declare. What you do in your season. Worship, meditate, confess, and declare is my part and working with God in my season. Romans 4.3 says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed and trusted in God, and it was accredited, accredited his account as righteousness. And what I saw in this in this scripture here in the Amplified Version, which I thought was interesting, was righteousness is right standing with God and right living with God. So we get right standing in my spirit, but right here in my soul is where my right living gets produced with God. People need to see God and not us. Amen. I, I think a lot of us are almost there. I think a lot of us are almost there. Romans 4.13 says, For the promise of, to Abraham was that he should inherit the world did not come through observing the commands of the law, but through the righteousness of faith, not God. I've never heard of that before. The righteousness of faith. What is that? It's not through the righteousness of God that we inherit the world. It's through the righteousness of faith. And the Abrahamic covenant is nothing more than Us inheriting the world. That's what it just said. Everything that out out there is of churches. The righteousness of faith. The right standing of faith. What is that? I'm waiting on God to give the answer. The right standing of faith. See, saving faith will never get get us to conquer out there. Saving faith puts us in position to conquer. Unwavering faith, that's good. Faith in action. Right standing in faith. is saving faith, a faith that rests, and a faith in action. That's the righteousness of faith. All those three. All of them together. Moving in their times and moving in their seasons. To inherit the world. Now, listen, if faith is so important, how do I strengthen my faith? It said in that verse that faith had to be strengthened. Strengthening strengthen of faith. What strengthens my faith in all these movements of time and season? Because if my faith is not strong, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. But let's look at the scripture and see what it says. Romans 4:19. Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered the impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old. I still can't wrap my mind around that. Can you? 100 years old, and he still believed he was going to have a child. Age means nothing to faith. All right, here's the verse. Romans 4.20. Here's the answer that strengthens faith because the word of God does not strengthen faith. Here's what strengthens it. Romans 4.20. No unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew and was empowered by faith. All right. So he grew and was empowered by faith as his... Praise and glory was to God. So his praise and glory to God strengthened his faith. Praise and worship strengthened your faith. How many of you got out of praise and worship you feel like you could conquer the world? Isn't that right, man? She was under a decision. She had to make a decision. The enemy was tempting her with a decision. She didn't know it was the enemy. But she's been taught to go into worship and get your answer. And she went into worship and got the answer. That she was not supposed to go that way. And then she realized it was temptation. Write these three things down. This is, this is our last. Faith. Always say we need to keep heaven delighted. That's our goal. Is to keep heaven delighted. So. So faith delights in worship. Faith delights in worship. You have to know that faith is in operation for you to come in here to worship. Because you're worshiping something that's unseen. Amen. Your faith is in operation. Jesus delights in meditation. Jesus delights in meditation. Faith delights in worship. Jesus delights in meditation and God delights in obedience if we can get those three things down man we can we can keep heaven delighted over ourselves every day worship meditation and obedience will keep heaven delighted over our life i want to leave this oh no time is i want to leave this with you today there's there's um that's perfect favor write this down favor schedules seasons so you have someone constantly scheduling your life amen so any kind of conflict you that that this person this grace person of grace has scheduled into your life receive it as grace go back to ecclesiastics and read what grace does favor Favor schedules seasons. Faith decides favor's timing. Isn't that strong? I love it when he said that this morning. He said, I'm going to leave you with this. I was just getting out of worship. I'm going to leave you with this. You can leave that with him. Favor schedules seasons. Faith decides favor's timing. So faith isn't faith until it passes the test of time and, and the test of difficulty man we hate difficulty I, I don't like it faith is not faith until it passes the test of time and the test of difficulty I keep reminding the Lord I wasn't called to difficulty I was called to peace he said, "But favor has brought difficulty in your life. It's going to be a lot easier to receive some stuff now when the know that grace is doing it all. You know what I mean? Instead of complaining. So when there's nothing else left in human ability, it is when faith has passed the test. But don't try to figure out what God's doing. Just do what He says. <laughs> I've learned that a long time ago. Just do what He says. Now here's a." Here's the three four things I want you to write down, five things, because this will help you. Stewardship. Write this down. Stewardship equals rulership. This is the principle, principles of godly stewardship that I've used that help keep me on track in the schedule of grace. Number one principle of the seed. A seed is a tiny beginning with a huge future. The principle of the seed is a tiny beginning with a huge future. Tiny beginning with a huge future. Number two, the principle of exchange. These are the things I use and they work. The law of exchange increases your income. The law of exchange increases your income because you have something that someone else needs. That's the bottom line. God's putting something in your hand that someone else needs. Principle of exchange. Number three. The principle of the mind. The principle of the mind. Right under that. My mind is my world. My mind is my world. Because Jesus said what a man thinks on, so he is. That's my world. Whatever's in my head is my world. So the principle of the mind is important. What am I I thinking on? What's got my head occupied? Number four. And I love this one because I I love faithfulness. The principle of faithfulness. The principle of faithfulness. Be committed to the truth even if it costs you everything. Be committed to the truth even if it costs you everything. Because grace caused it to cost you. Staying connected even when you are feeling the strain of that connection in relationships. Sometimes you feel like the relationship is like a rubber band just getting Stretched and stretched and stretched, but you remain faithful. Amen. That's the price. And the last one. Number five. The principle of order. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. Order is is placing something Where it belongs. Order is placing something where it belongs and not where you leave it. Order is placing something where it belongs and not where we leave it. We leave our clothes on the floor. It belongs in the hamper, right? (laughs) All the wives looked at their husbands. Order is God's obsession. Order is God's obsession. I'm telling you. Listen, if you take these this week and work these principles, get them, you know, work them in your life, work them in your church, you will know the times and seasons of God. I'm telling you, it, it will be easy for you. Order is God's obsession. So the goal is is to get this spirit right here. Because listen, before you got born again, this is what you look like right here. That's all people saw was you. And after you got born again, now people see two people. You and God. Sometimes they see God in me, sometimes they see me. Amen. But the goal is, is to get this spirit right here. Back on top. In charge nobody sees me, but everybody sees God. Amen. That's the goal. That's the only way I'm going to get to being the glorious son of God. Nobody sees me, but everybody sees God. Any questions? Times and seasons. It's simple, but we have to get it. That truth is introduced in time. Any questions? Y'all got it? Y'all getting this? Well, next month is trials and testing. That's going to be the fun stuff. that That's what it, now it excites me. Before it didn't. What well, was your question, Dr. Lee? Read verse 20. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. That's perfect. God is moving, and he's moving quickly. And we need to move with him without a broken leg. Amen. I want to move with him without getting injured by stepping into the flesh. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up and give him some praise, and I'll close us in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the teaching today. Thank you for worship, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your spirit of faith that came into this place today. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Father, I just ask that you would now seal the accomplishment of your teaching today in the hearts of our spirit and in the hearts of our soul. I ask that you would seal the accomplishment of this word spoken today, that it would be an extreme success for them, working to them, through them for a glorious invasion into this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.